listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 079. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Humphrey's and me. I'm Sarah Jaheniak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Humphrey. Are you prepared for welcome snacks? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured the band's Halloween show in Washington, D.C. on October 31st, as well as the two nights in Philly on November 1st and November 2nd. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you'd like. This week, we're going to talk all about the inaugural Woodlands Festival in Charleston, South Carolina, November 7th through 9th. Very, very excited to talk about all of the awesome music, and how amazing the grounds were. I'm super excited to get to all of this with you guys. But before we dive into that, I'd like to quickly mention, if you are looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, your band that's going on tour, or your small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Umfreak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. With ad time on the show ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and more, Umfreak Parents Podcast can help you reach and be seen by tons of fellow Umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. Are you looking for the perfect gift for that rocker chick in your life this holiday season? Perhaps you're looking for a killer new vintage rock kimono for yourself or a new sweet piece of canvas art for your apartment. Life Clothing Co. has you covered. Featuring the cutest vintage band t-shirts, sweaters with feel-good sayings, rompers, a fantastic selection of beautiful bell-bottoms, and some swoon-worthy home decor, you are sure to find something for that special lady in your life or that perfect outfit to wear to the next show. Check out the link in the show notes to take a peek at their amazing Grateful Dead and Led Zeppelin gear. Seriously, you or that lady in your life are going to love their stuff. Life Clothing Co. is your place for authentic boho vintage fashion. And exclusively for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah Jahimiak, Rep 10 at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your total order. That's promo code Sarah Jahimiak, Rep 10, S-A-R-A-J-A-C-H-I-M-I-A-K-R-E-P, and the number 10 at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. In case you missed it, a fresh batch of dates have been announced by the band, moving us right along into the spring of 2020. These dates will come after the Iceland run in March, April 2nd at the Truman in Kansas City, Missouri, April 3rd and 4th at the Pageant in St. Louis, Missouri, taking it way back to their roots on April 5th at the Morris Performing Arts Center in South Bend, Indiana. The last time the band played South Bend was October 23rd, 2011 at Club Fever, so almost nine years ago. The last time the full band played at the Morris Performing Arts Center was back in 2009 on April 18th. Brendan and Jake did play this venue doing an acoustic show as part of Notre Dame Idea Week in 2018 on April 24th. 
Joel kicked off that evening with a solo performance. No doubt everyone is excited to have the band playing in South Bend again. It for sure will be a very special night. I personally am excited to see the band there and check out this venue. April 16th, House of Blues in Houston, Texas. April 17th at Stubbs in Austin, Texas. April 18th, the House of Blues in Dallas, Texas. April 19th in Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm not totally sure, but that may be the first time they've played Oklahoma. Not completely sure on that one. April 24th and 25th at the Fillmore in New Orleans. That is during Jazz Fest. Tickets are on sale for the string of dates last week, if you listen to this when it airs. So I'm unsure of what sold out, but there is a link in the show notes where you can get all the information you need about these shows. So I wanted to let you guys know, this is the last full band recap episode of 2019. Next week will be the last new episode for the year and we'll cover the Brendan and Jake holiday show. That's going to be awesome. My first Brendan and Jake holiday show. I cannot wait to bring you guys that recap episode. Then there will be a re-air of two fan favorites from the year during the holidays. And then the show will be coming back in 2020 with some very, very exciting news and new awesome things and a full recap of the upcoming New Year's Eve run in Denver. If you're missing the show during the holidays, why not dive into the vault and check out the shows from 2018. Those, some of those episodes would feature my first interview with Joel. I also talked to Mary Welsh, uh, Ryan's wife, Jake's mom, Julie Sinegar, so many amazing fellow umfreaks from the community. I interviewed Sam Sutton, Rachel Simmons from Um Merch and Um VIP. Just so much really great stuff. So if you have some time, scroll through some old episodes and check them out. Subscribe or follow the show so when the new stuff starts coming out in 2020, you won't miss any of it. All right, so let's get to Woodlands. There was an article I shared on Twitter. If you're not following the show on social media, how you can find it can be found in the show notes. Anyway, this article from Charleston City Paper ran an article on November 6th about the festival. I'll link it in the show notes as well, so you can read it if you'd like. A great conversation with Vince about the conception of the festival and how it was a long time coming. Not surprised to hear that at all. The festival was held on a 6,000-acre nature reserve, Charleston Woodland. It's home to 11 lakes, a black swamp, and a whole shitload of wildlife. And it's all right outside of Charleston proper, which is just even cooler. I heard so many wonderful things about the landscape and how stunning it really was. The pictures that I saw from the weekend totally confirm this. There were other events held on these grounds, um, Sinful, Skinful Halloween, and the Poor House, which is a local venue in Charleston, um, had Into the Woods Festival also in its inaugural year this year. Uh, the festival's lineup this year would also include Turquoise, Big Something, CBDB, Empire Strikes Brass, 
Omega Moose, Doom Flamingo, The New Deal, and many others. Something else I thought was cool, the festival also donated a portion of the proceeds to the American Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund, so that was very generous of them. I heard only really, 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 really great things about the ground, security, all of it. Um, I would honestly be shocked if they did not do this festival again. Uh, You know, everybody had such a good time, so there's no doubt we're going to be seeing this again next year. I had a chance to chat briefly with Cody Carroll, fellow um umfreak and just all-around awesome dude. He's been helping me get details from some of the recent runs, including Woodlands, sort of being a man on the scene for the podcast. So very grateful for his help. Thank you so much to Cody for always sending me messages and giving me the details and letting me use some of your photos in the show's promos. Teamwork certainly makes the dream work. Also, Cody makes some seriously gorgeous glass pieces. If you're not familiar with his work, definitely check him out. There is a link to where you can see his stuff on Facebook and Instagram in the show notes. 110% worth your time to take a look. Some really, really beautiful pieces. CLC Glass. Check it out. Anyway, he said that the vibe from the entire weekend was very welcoming. Family and community were certainly the theme for the weekend. Getting into the festival was very easy, and security was chill during the weekend. You know, keeping an eye, making sure people weren't getting too much of a ruckus, um, but letting people have their fun, too. Camping was great, but Cody said it was a little bit of a walk to the late-night stage, but it was tucked away in the woods, which was a very cool vibe for a late night show. Apparently, staff members were picking up folks in golf carts when, um, you know, they were able to and kind of take them around, which is very awesome. There was the main stage, the late night stage, and then there was a smaller second stage that had music in between the acts on the main stage. Cody said he loved how you could also kayak and fish at the festival. I know one of the things they really encouraged with this was outdoor activities. Woodlands was also super, super family friendly. I know that a couple of the guys in the band, as well as crew members, brought along their kids. Bayless's daughter makes a cameo during the second night twice. And I also did see social media posts of folks bringing their kiddos. It just sounded like it was a really magical time, and everyone I know is super pumped for next year, as am I. I will most certainly not be missing this festival again. These two shows would actually be the final shows of the Umphreys Fall Tour, and the last time the band would play together until the upcoming New Year's Eve run in December, beginning December 27th, a much-deserved break for them for sure. Things for the festival would kick off on Thursday, November 7th with a pre-party. Omega Moose played that evening and I did look for a set list. I was told, actually Cody is the one that told me, that Bayless said that he didn't have one when he was asked for one. So I don't have any information on the Moose show other than they played. So if you have one or you know what was played, feel free to reach out and let me know. 
All right, so let's get to the two Umfree shows from Woodlands. November 8th apparently was the coldest night in Charleston, South Carolina since like 1938 or something. I know the next night was very chilly as well. Not sure if it was just cold or as cold as the night before, but certainly colder (laughs) than Charleston is used to at that time of year. Everybody was all bundled up on the rail in the videos that I saw, but we um freaks are resilient and we will do what we have to do. So Cut the Cable would start the evening, followed by the triple wide that ventures off on its own a little after three minutes, rounding the corner a few minutes later, getting a little heavier bottom to it as it continues on. I did tuck that one away to come back to. I enjoyed the adventure it went on. So I like to put songs like this on like a come back to it later list because you just don't know on a later listen. There might be a part of the jam that, you know, maybe before you didn't really catch or something like that. So I like to come back to ones like that. Second Self next, followed by Breaker. This one, I am so, so, so glad (laughs) that it seems to be back and here with more maturity. The last time played in Utica on September 1st, another really solid version of this song and that Utica version I actually put on my 2019 Hall of Fame contenders list. Definitely give that a listen if you haven't. This one I feel the same about, of course, going on a completely separate adventure than the one played in Utica about a month and a half ago, but something about the level of comfort they are having with this and allowing it to expand. It's just a great tune lyrically and anyways, but this really is growing into something nicely and I hope we see more of it in 2020. This one's sweetly beginning its own journey about four minutes, really opening up about a minute and a half later, giving us this beautiful energy just resonating all over. It will remember its demons a few minutes later, making its way back into Breaker, and it heads out haphazardly for a little bit of another jaunt. Rocker Part 2 next, followed by a nice little day nurse starting its tumble down the rabbit hole slightly before six and a half. Shout out to Andy and Chris here, and well, Ryan too. (laughs) It's coming apart and building itself back up to forge forward and continue on. Always love, always love a nurse. <laughs> a debut of the Arlo McKinley and the Free People tune, Dark Side of the Street, with Arlo McKinley on vocals and Nick Blasky on drums. I believe Arlo was also playing an acoustic. Um, it's not mentioned on All Things Umphreys that he was, but I did see some photos. Um, so he was on acoustic as well. Bayless, after that song, mentions that he thinks Nick Blasky is the only person to sit in with Umphreys on three different instruments. Thought that was a little interesting little fact there. The first set would close with 40s theme, sinking into a very smooth and silky Bayless solo beginning about five minutes that would gain more momentum and maturity, and it moves along into the end of the song. Set 2 opened with attachments, taking a big step right into the jam slightly after 7 minutes. 
This version seeing a very fun adventure beginning along the same lines as the OG extended attachments back in August 2018, courtesy of Ryan shedding that a little bit and opening to embrace its own thing, really dancing and stasic this whole time, keeping that thick, stable sound underneath as the rest of it just floats. And if you're a longtime listener of this show, I have shared my feelings about attachments and what this expansion has done for the song, in my opinion. That's obviously why they've done this. (laughs) But this version reaffirms all of that bringing it to cool about 12 minutes, kind of gathering itself all together, picking up, and again, Stasic throughout this jam, just the MVP, and I feel the MVP from night one, but Stasic in this jam right here certainly makes attachments a highlight from night one. Definitely, definitely give this one a listen for sure. Maybe Someday, followed by Ringo, another highlight from this evening for sure, And it just feels like I've been saying that a lot lately about Ringo. It just, it feels that way. And just Ringo's been killing it lately. The first part of this jam by itself, but after they go back into Ringo and then head back out about seven minutes-ish, I believe this would be where All Things Umphreys listed it as Big Heart by Lounge Lizards on the set list. Lounge Lizards has been performed a total of 32 times, last played June 7th, 2013 at Red Rocks, 618 shows ago. Nugs, at the time of the recording of this episode, lists Ringo as a whole song, just so you know. Anyway, that one certainly deserves a listen as well. I mean, really, you should listen to the whole show, but definitely this second set, <clears throat> excuse me, is is killer. Professor Wormbaugh gets right into its grittiness slightly after two minutes. An unfinished all-in-time getting a little, little perk world treatment slightly after three minutes. Hearing Stasic creeping in a few minutes later. Starting this dramatic buildup and Ryan having this very stretchy and rubber-like sound in there. Trotting into a nice little honky-tonk jam as it gallops into its aggressive split personality for a minute. But dancing back into the previous jam as it waves goodbye to All in Time temporarily. Making us believe that we're going to go in there. But they drop it right on the ground and dance into Song Remains the Same by Led Zeppelin. Covered a total of 84 times. Last covered at Red Rocks this past year on June 23rd during the Zeppelin set that featured Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, on drums and James Dillon on vocals. If you did not know, James Dillon is in Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience Band. That version at Red Rocks was played as the last song of the encore with James Dillon doing the vocals. If you haven't listened to any of that Zeppelin set, definitely do yourself a favor and listen to that. Having James Dillon on vocals was um, a surprise, but it was very awesome. And he's a really nice guy. So this cover would close the second set. Bayless says before going into the encore that the neighbors bordering the property emailed and said that they were cool with them doing whatever they wanted, but they had to play Song Remains the Same. So apparently that song was for them. Encore would include Hangover with a very nice booty wax 
crowd chant in there. Bayless always doing his part to help everybody get laid. Being a little shy and a little bit of a tease as it moves into Soul Food 2. And it will transfer all of its energy at the end into the massive conclusion of All in Time to bring the first night at Woodlands Music Festival to an end. Finally, November 9th, getting started with the walkout tune, You Got the Right Guy, played only one other time this year, August 3rd at the Kettle House Amphitheater in Bonner, Montana, sidestepping nicely into Speak Up, dancing off about four and a half in, Certainly a fun little jam to get things kicked off for the night. Two by two knocks that would spend a little time inside of Much Obliged before remembering its original plan and going back into two by two. Much Obliged sinks very comfortably in about three minutes. Wappy, I'm still going to say wappy. It just feels weird saying it the other way. So I'm saying wappy. <laughs> wappy coming after the conclusion of that two by two sandwich nestling into this dreamy jam slightly after four minutes, opening itself way up until it finds itself back in Wappy about six minutes later. That one certainly deserves a little bit of your time, 100%. Like, definitely give that Wappy a listen. The the adventure that it goes on, definitely. Booth Love, a again, a really great jam inside of this one too, particularly when it starts to plan its next move about the eight-minute markish. Crucial taunt after that, and the set closing out with a mashup of Electric Avenue to Hell with the majestic Kanika Moore doing the vocals for the Highway to Hell part of it. This one only done four times, including here. Last done June 2nd, 2017 at Red Rocks with Jen Hartswick on vocals. So a nice little bust out here. Kanika, I've said this a bajillion times. She's just awesome anyways. Her voice is so powerful, but her voice is definitely great for this. Fucking goosebumps. For real. When I was listening to this, just goosebumps. And the outfit that she had on too, this this black like skirt, and it had like this jackety thing that had these long like flowy sleeves. It's just just amazing. And the pictures I've seen from this part of the show too, just goddamn <laughs> seriously. Uh, set two would be an interesting journey with Jajunk that would round the corner to reveal a more tender side about eight and a half pivoting again about two minutes later and showing yet another side, bringing that one completely to an end before continuing on with the next song, Remind Me. That one, getting into it at three minutes, Stasic laying the bricks, and again, he's really the VIP from just this whole weekend, for sure, I feel. So many times I've just been like, damn, Stasic, <laughs> when listening to these two shows, this one giving itself a little break before picking back up Ryan again, having that very rubbery sound to it as it continues. Like I said, Stasic just killed it in these two shows. Higgins beginning a lovely adventure slightly after three minutes, floating around in that for a little bit, showing a little bit of its more aggressive side and then sinking back into that original jam. The two sort of dueling it out, kind of like a split personality sort of thing here, with the more aggressive side eventually dominating, forging ahead with some C 
serious domination, elevating itself all the way to the ceiling and then peeking back into Higgins. A cover of the Marshall Tucker band tune, Can't You See, next, covered 18 times, including here. Seen earlier in the summer on June 1st during their set at Cathead Jam in Jackson, Mississippi. Conduit followed by another cover making Flippy Floppy by the Talking Heads. Bayless called it their audible. This one has seen lots of plays, 75 times, including the most recent one here. Uh, Covered earlier this year, way back in January, the 26th at Riverside Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is just a great, great song for them to cover anyway, but also a great canvas to make it their own, which they do early on, slightly before three minutes, getting a metallic sort of robotic sound to it about a minute later and the cutest little thing and when I was talking to Cody he mentioned that this was one of his Umphrey's highlights from the weekend Bayless's daughter you can hear on the recording come out and you know try to get her dad's attention so she comes out and then you know he lifts her up to the microphone yells rock and roll and then they pick it right back up into the jam it's just it's so cute it's it's awesome the way that they just pick up and go back into it so definitely listen to that and you know if there if there wasn't a sign already that this festival was all about family that that was it you know having his kids come out and and do that whole thing and all about family Junk starting to peek out slightly toward the end being shy at first and then just jumping both feet right back in to Junk part two bringing the full set, bringing the set full circle and the second set to a close. Encore would take us on one more dance adventure, the silent type, to bring the weekend for the band at Woodlands to a close. And also got to mention, Saturday late night, Doom Flamingo played. The set list I saw went like this. Blade, Love on Hold, Runaway, Telepathy, uh, closer, Need to Feed, Afraid of America, F-16, which I heard was not actually played, and Replicant. Shout out to my friend Ryan Whitaker for providing me with that set list. He is also another man on the scene for the show, a huge show supporter, so I want to shout him out and send him some love. Amazing, amazing guy and straight up family for sure. Um, Ryan also posted in the Doom Room group on Facebook. If you're not a member um, of that group, there is a link in the show notes where you can find it and join. Oh, and also, quickly, before we wrap up this episode, there was a late-night all-star jam to end Woodlands. Chris was the only one from Team Umphreys that would make an appearance sitting in for what I was told were two songs that they jammed and that kind of ran together. Also playing was the guitarist from Doom Flamingo and the other guitarist was from Runaway Gin. The bassist I am not sure of and I believe that the drummer from Robo Trio played when Chris was not playing those two songs. I did see a little video and I thought it was really good. Um, Definitely very funky and jazzy. A really nice way to cap off the weekend, I'm sure. Um, If I find any shareable videos, you'll be able to find them in the show notes. 
So that's everything I have for this episode of the show. Anything referenced this week, including the set list for the shows discussed, as well as where you can listen to them, can be found in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I absolutely love hearing from you guys, so please do not hesitate to contact the show. How you can do that is in the show notes as well. And thank you again so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.